Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of the Airability Inspirability Talks. Um, well, the sun is shining. I went flying on Sunday. I hope you guys got the opportunity to get a, a taste of aviation now that, of course, we're able to fly legally, albeit uh, with an instructor or, or on our own. But it really isn't that long now, is it, until we can enjoy our wonderful hobby of aviation together with friends. Um, so the, we're uh, about 14 months now into these Inspirability Talks, and we've, we've uh, really had some wonderful guests on uh, and uh, learnt a lot about aviation around the world. Um, but this evening, um, we really are going to go back to the roots of Aerability and also to a wonderful charity who are great friends with Aerability, Flying Scholarships for Disabled People, FSDP. Now, before we meet the team uh, from FSDP, I just wanted to remind you all uh, that you can actually download uh, these uh, as a podcast. So you can go to Spotify or Apple Music uh, and you can listen to these at your leisure, not just tonight live, uh, but uh, when you're walking a dog or on the sofa, uh, it really is something that you can all enjoy after the fact. So we've done uh, about 25 of these talks now and they're going strong. Audience figures are increasing. So please do like, share and comment. Now, remember, wherever you're viewing, you can put a question to uh, the folks that we'll be talking to this evening. Uh, so please do think of questions, uh, comments and, and experiences. It really does help uh, us to uh, you know, share what perhaps other people are thinking. If it's a question you want to put down, I'm sure others are thinking the same thing and we can uh, you know, tell the story as broadly as we, as, as we can. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, bring on the screen, first of all, the uh, FSDP uh, guys. Um, so FSDP is a wonderful charity. It's been uh, going now since 1983 and was established by uh, Tim Prince and the late Paul Bowen uh, as really a memorial and, and as a reminder to the wonderful inspirational character of Douglas Bader. And it's so nice to see this charity going strong. So I'd like to bring onto the screen now Guy Bowen, who is chairman of FSDP, and also Tim Prince, who is vice patron. So Guy and Tim, good evening and welcome. How are you? Good evening, John. Yeah, good, thank you. Hi, John. Uh, good, thanks. Good, glad to hear it. Now, we've got some other guests as well. We're going to fill the screens up this evening. It's a, it's a bit of a panel discussion, but I know there's going to be lots of humour and frolics uh, because uh, if you put uh, six aviators on a screen, it's always going to end up in, uh, in, in humour of some description. So I'm now going to introduce you to uh, Mike Miller-Smith, who is the Chief Executive of Aerability. Mike, how are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Good, glad to hear it. And then last of all, last but not least, we've got uh, really w w why we're here as, as two organisations. Uh, we've, we've got two scholars and flyers from Aerability, Alex Kroll uh, and also uh, Ben Bennett. So good evening, uh, Alex, and good evening, Ben. Hi, John. Yeah, good evening, John. Hi, guys. Okay, so the topic for our, our, um, our chat this evening is, is talking about aviation, but actually aviation addressing would you believe about 14 million people in this country who have some sort of ailment condition disability um and therefore you know uh, people qualify to to uh, get involved with flying scholarships for disabled people and their ability but i must say that fsdp does go the extra mile and we'll learn about that a little bit later when we understand uh, you know what what uh, fsdp is delivering 
for for anyone who can apply for a scholarship and uh, and really change their lives through aviation. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to start off um, by um, taking a, a couple of questions to to Guy and to Tim about the genesis of FSDP. I mentioned in my introduction, you know, the uh, the inception and, and the reason. Um, but uh, Guy, I'm sure you know this charity holds a, 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 a spot in your heart because of your father, of course, and and the great friendship he had with with Tim and this creation of this charity. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I, even you introducing me with Tim feels very weird for me, because um, as a young lad, I worked as a volunteer at the Air Two, um, grew up alongside the Air Show, and then also it's a with the charity itself. So uh, I almost feel a bit like I'm not grown up enough to be here anymore. To, to, and now, now I'm chairman of FSDP. I'm having to pinch myself. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a huge legacy. Um, Dad, uh, as Tim will tell you all about how it started in a minute, Dad was incredibly proud of FSDP or FSD as it was known in the early days. If I'm honest, I don't think he had any real plan for us to be here 40 years later and the size and, and what we're doing right now, I think it was, it, it grew quite naturally. But um, yeah, very proud, uh, pretty humble about it. But um, yeah, enjoying. Tim will yeah. tell you more about how it started. Tim, because I'll probably embellish quite, and Tim will give you the facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I mean, of, of course you knew Douglas Bader. Um, and that was, you know, the inspiration for this charity. So I understand it. Give us, uh, give us some uh, insights into, you know, what what you and Paul discussed back in the 1980s about this idea you had for this charity. Well, the, the fact of the matter was the the Air to Two team. Um, we started up running an air show. All volunteers back in '71, North Wheel did a couple of shows there. Moved to Greenham Common. And we worked for an RAF charity, uh, the Royal Air Forces Association, um, as I say, all volunteers. Uh, and about 74 time, they got a bit anxious about risk and everything else. So we, we made a move um, to another charity, the Royal Air Force Benevolent Fund. We were a wandering band of airshow organizers. Um, and the Benevolent Fund, Sir Dennis Crowley Milling, who flew with Douglas Bader in the war, um, welcomed us with open arms to run an air show and actually get some money in and get some awareness about what his charity did. Um, and uh, when he took us on for the 76 show, he said, what you really need, you volunteers, is uh, you need a Douglas Bader to be your president. And strangely, uh, Paul was quick to think, that's a good idea. I was thinking, well, can he put up tents? You know, can he dig toilet <laughs> trenches and all the rest of it? Um, but uh, yeah, Sir Douglas came on board and I then realised the value of such a man as the titular head of the organisation. So from getting sponsorship to uh, to actually attracting foreign air forces to participate, um, he was tremendous. So back in 82, when Sir Douglas popped his clogs, um, it was a real shock to us because he had actually been a great motivator of us, you know, showing us that no problem is that big you can't find a way around it yeah. he didn't know about covid of course um you know times have changed a bit in that respect but uh yeah we, we were a bit at a loss uh, a we lost the president b we lost our mr motivator if you like um and so 
we talked to the RAF and they were talking about putting a stained glass window in Clement Danes, the RAF church in London. And we just didn't, you know, they thought we might cough up some money to, you know, go shares in that. And we just couldn't see Douglas Bader liking to be a static thing uh, in a church. Um, nice it would be and very colourful. And, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but we were all sitting around and we just, or somebody said, hey, look, why don't we try teaching disabled people to fly? And uh, that's sort of how it started. It, it, isn't that just a lovely story? It, it, it's probably in a bar, Tim, over a pint, perhaps, where all good ideas begin. And, uh, and Guy, do you remember, obviously, uh, you would have been at a young age at this point in your life. And did, did you remember Douglas Bader and the excitement around him at the air tattoos when you were young? I, I think there are pictures of me literally at home as a five-year-old, I think, having breakfast at uh, the table with Douglas Bader, not really having a clue who this man in his dressing gown was at my at my breakfast table so it's almost i look back a bit sadly because obviously now you i'd be blown away by that but his legacy i continue to grow up with and tim mentioned his partner in crime uh, dennis so dennis crowley milling uh i very much grew up with him i lost my mother when i was quite young and so dennis stepped in as a bit of a godfather for me growing up and with he was very similar, I think, Tim might, uh, might agree to Bada in his attitude and his motivation. And he very much led uh, the FSD charge into the 90s. So I just grew up alongside it. Um, and I think the power of the charity really dawned on me as I became a teenager. And I went out actually to where Alex and Ben learned to fly and met some of the scholars and saw the change that occurs when somebody goes through a flying scholarship. So yeah, no, yeah. Um, incredible times. Yeah, no, quite. And uh, what a solid foundation, of course, as well, uh, to, to, to carry that legacy forwards. And and um, tell us then, um, you know, what what does FSDP do? What's it, what are its core aims? So I, I, I mean, Tim will correct me again, but I think in the early days, the aims were quite simple. It was uh, created uh, to uh, memorialize and push forward Bada's spirit and, and get disabled people flying. And with that in mind, uh, the first few scholarships, they received a full PPL. I'm right in saying Tim, aren't I? They, they, they literally possible, yeah. with, with a full flying license. And over those years, as the charity's grown and our, our reach has grown, that product has slightly, or the idea of what a scholarship has changed, because we've seen actually just the power of what learning to fly can do to people. And rather than in the current day, rather than give somebody a full pilot's license, what we've chosen to do is to sponsor 15 hours of flying. And in those 15 hours of flying, some may go solo, some may not go solo, but in the process of, of not just learning to fly, but leaving your, the surroundings that they were probably hadn't have become very comfortable with at home and the life that they they probably become very accustomed to we took them out of that comfortable uh, situation and put them into a whole new one with new people and it was just for quite a lot of our scholars just that alone was the um, impetus for change um, combine that with what we all love flying 
and getting into the sky, meeting your instructor, developing that relationship and the thrill was just an absolute recipe for success. So what we do now is we aim to give as many people as we can afford that experience rather than a full license. And of those scholars that complete the scholarship, um, about I'd say about three or four each year get the bug and take it forward to go on and get a full license, which is amazing for us. But to highlight, it's not our aim. We're, we're using the means of flight to change people's lives and to show people what they can achieve. Yeah, and, and Tim, you know, that, my next question actually is about the outcomes. You know, I mean, if, <clears throat> if, if you know, you're, I'm sure you'll see an individual, you know, um, who, who comes in the door hoping to, to uh, receive a scholarship. How does your, um, I suppose, services, if you like, uh, what does the value FSDP uh, brings to these individuals look like at the end of that experience? You know, what, what, what are the outcomes? Amazing smiles, just at the selection process, which we do uh, normally. It was Biggin Hill in the early days, in the good old days. It's now RAF Cranwell. Um, when everybody comes together uh, to sort of go through the, the um, selection process, meeting each other and realizing that their disability is one thing, but actually perhaps there's a greater disability there, you're meeting somebody. Um, and the smiles start then at Cranwell, strangely, or pleasingly. Um, but as you go through the various stages, um, you know, the, the preschool aspects, once we've selected the students, uh, giving them the briefing of what's going to happen, whatever, there's that apprehension, of, you know, can, am I up to this? Can I actually achieve what's being offered me? Through to when you go to the airfield, the various airfields to see them, um, the, the, the changes are just absolutely remarkable and we've got a brilliant um, set of instructors at the various areas that we use and the the smiles are infectious and I'm sure you find that at Blackbush everybody enjoys this whole process of people who didn't think they were able to um, take to the air um, actually realize they can guys earlier point about the um, the, the pilot's license aspect of it yes we just assumed that's what we'd do because both paul and i trained as air traffickers and we were given our pilot's licenses as part of that course um, as time went on um, and we realized we couldn't just run the whole thing on the back of the air to two sort of hidden embedded within the budgets of a big air show we had to sort of formalize things and uh over the years financial sponsorship has become more difficult and I think, the, the, as guys explain now, it's the 15 hours. It's a nice balance. Perhaps more people get through um, and they, they were sharing that huge benefit. And in these pictures you can see now, people there that at the interview stage were probably bag of nerves, a bit tearful maybe, turn into brilliant, smiling people, which is just wonderful to see. Yeah, no, here, here, and you know, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Uh, by coincidence, my daughter, who's fourteen, has just done her uh, bronze Duke of Edinburgh's Award expedition, and I was talking to um, one of the leaders at her Air Cadet Squadron, and we just were saying, you know, obviously, with with the death of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh recently, you know, it's shone a light on, um, you know, these sorts of experiences that take people outside their comfort zone, and actually, the outcome is just remarkable. I mean, I've seen it in my daughter. She's got a bit of confidence, you know. She's learned to work as a team, uh, and I think that the benefits of 
of just pushing people beyond themselves with which is what you're doing is is great and it's changing lives and and uh, it's lovely to, to to see that and of course with their ability um there's there's uh, a lot of folks that have um uh, benefited from an fsdp scholarship and and those three or four uh, guy that you mentioned you know who every year who, who choose to take a you know, perhaps you know go a step further forwards will, will come to us and uh, you know to, to to listen to the stories about how those journeys began is is just heartwarming um so um okay well let's let's um let's bring uh, mike miller smith in here so mike is is the ceo of, of airability um so mike you know we've, we've heard the background and 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 the genesis of, of fsdp um give us a bit of a background on airability and, and how that started and i know we've got we've got a really good brilliant little anecdote story that brings these two charities together um a good 20 years ago but before we get to that point mike Tell us about our ability and, and its and its conception. Yeah, so uh, thanks, guys. So yeah, Airability started as the I think the Disabled Flying Club back in 1993, um, or almost the I think the Delta Foxtrot Club it was called, Disabled Flying Club. Really, a group of disabled people that had flown or wanted to fly, and some early FSDP scholars as well came together to create the sort of representative group. So people could socialize, um, go and have flying days and get advice and support to carry on flying, develop hand controls, medical advice, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, the, the, the organization grew organically. But uh, yes, as you mentioned, John, there was a sort of a, a, a genesis moment which um, started, I believe, as a chance conversation with uh, King Hussein when he was alive. One of those early um, Delta Foxtrot Club members uh, happened to meet him at Riyadh and uh, said, oh, if you're ever scrapping any airplanes from the Jordanian Royal Air Force, um, could you give some to uh, Disabled Aviation? So uh, I think then just without much uh, uh, advance warning, uh, Jordanian Hercules turned up at Tim Mjolnir. I think it was... Uh, culture shawl or, or one of the uh the non open bases is no longer around and yeah. the uh four bulldogs uh were wheeled out the back of the uh, the hercules and uh <laughs> so king Hussein, obviously before he died passed on the wishes to his son and uh yes these airplanes were donated to disabled aviation so yeah that that was how what was then the british disabled flying association now Airability got its uh, first airplane into the sky with some volunteer effort refurbishing one of those bulldogs, which um, was really an experiment to see if a group of disabled people could operate an airplane for the benefit of other disabled people. And uh, yeah, look look where we've come. So yeah, a real real moment that we started together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, and it's, it's, it's lovely to actually trace those roots back isn't it between the two organizations because at the end of the day it's about the individual and, and making uh, aviation accessible um as, as possible um mike what what do we um in terms of um disabled flying in the uk um doing in, in terms of championing the needs of, of well, not the need that's probably the wrong word but the opportunities available for uh, those that might have a disability who think you know what it's beyond me 
um, you know, it, it's what's your message to them, and how can they uh, join the world of aviation and airability? In a sense, I think we've got two roles. One is to represent the needs of disabled people, so to um, support with medical advice, um, the development of hand controls, working with the regulator, the CAA, to actually make it possible for all sorts of disabilities to fly. Um, also, uh, I think just being around other disabled people, as an example, you know, disabled people don't always realise that they can fly and carry on flying and get their license if they wish to. So I think um, we provide a continuation point for anybody that would like to uh, carry on flying. Um, and obviously from Blackbush, also taken in, in the Midlands, and we are starting some projects to hopefully um, make aircraft available around the rest of the country. So, yeah, we, it's it's a hopefully a, a go-to place for anybody that would like to explore further after they've been bitten by the aviation bug. Yeah, yeah, the expensive bug indeed. Um, so uh, um, th those folks that uh, who would have tuned into uh, our last Inspirability Talk would have seen my interview with um, Alex Brooker. Uh, and if you like uh, The Last Leg on a Friday evening on Channel 4, I think it's been running now for about 20 series. It, it, it's brilliant. It, it's, you know, it, it just uh, throws disability out there for all to see. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I always have considered myself as a bit of a Josh Whittacombe, you know, the, the imposter into the uh, into the preserve of uh, the guys, uh, you know, in the world of disability. But um, it's great how how Adam Hills and Alex um, just um, play on the the, um, the 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 taboo of disability in terms of how the British public overcompensate for talking to someone with a disability because they're just they get uncomfortable don't they and and this is a great chance to bring Ben and Alex in because you know I, I um I've been around airability long enough um to 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 see way beyond anything that's visual or otherwise with regards to you know my fellow man so my children you know race around on wheelchairs um you know they uh, they as, as children it's great to see how um, you know uh, we're all we're all different, um, but there's no staring. There's there's no uh, um, sort of uh, childish behaviour. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about your experience with your disability uh, disabilities, and maybe I'll start with Alex. Um, obviously, introduce yourself, Alex. We haven't probably met you yet this evening, um, and tell us about how you you know you you, you found yourself uh, with FSDP. Hey John, so yeah. I'm Alex, a uh, previous uh, scholarship scholarship winner, class of 2008. So quite some time back now. And um, yeah, I, I was gifted 45 hours flying through, through, through this charity. And I was sent out to uh, South Africa for free air school. And it, it, it was just, it was unreal. It was just an amazing opportunity. Before going for the scholarship, I, I wasn't aware of it. But my brother, I call him Peter the pilot, and he's the he's the brainy one in the family. You know, the one that did the studies. You know, got got the jobs, joined the RAF, and um, we had we had our accident together. So it was quite. You know, we spent a couple of years. You know, getting through it, and he, he made me aware of the scholarship. He said, "You can go for this." So I went for it, and at the time, I wasn't. I was quite. I was always looking back at what I used to have, you know, I used to be in the Marines and 
uh, I couldn't walk anymore. I've got this spinal injury, and I wasn't a, I wasn't a, I wasn't in a good place, you know, when when I, when I came for the scholarship, and I got it, and it honestly it it, it, it really did change change my life, and you know things just started going well. So they sent me out to South Africa for three years school, and it was amazing. It was a proper commercial flying school, and I just thought I am going to make the best of this. So we got out there, and then they tried to make us wear these these blue overalls as if we were mechanics. And I, I, find, I find it hard to go for a wee at the norm, you know, the best of the time. So I have to say politely, I'm really sorry. I can't wear these for the next six weeks. I just I just won't make it to the toilet. So they said, are you, are you all right wearing a white shirt and black pants? And yeah, 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 that's fine. So I went into the mess, and one of the commercial students comes up, he goes, um, are you an instructor? When yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, uh, so and he said, oh, I, I just think it's amazing. You know, you're in a wheelchair, and you know, you must be flying. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see you for the next lesson. Uh, so for the next six weeks, it was just brilliant. This guy was giving me tea, coffee, toast, whatever I wanted. I could just walk in there, just give him a bit of a flash, and he come and he didn't know it was a student, just like him. So. Uh, but it, it was the Ben came along as, as our mentor, um, and it was just, it was just a you know, just a really good time, you know, uh, and I loved it. it was yeah, yeah, and I, and I, and I love the, I, I love the, uh, the way that you uh, took advantage of the disability. I think I think that needs to happen a lot more. Um, ben, um, uh, last but not least, Ben. So so you were another FSDP scholar. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. A little bit before Alex, actually, even longer ago, back in 2005. Uh, prior to that, ironically, I was working in the aerospace in industry. I was a airworthiness engineer for, for Cobham, just down the road from me. But I was suffering the effects of my progressive rare neurological condition. And in 2003, I took ill health retirement. And for a while, I wasn't in a good place. I saw, um, I, th I think it was in the, the magazine that Alex will know what it's called. It's for a, a mobility magazine that all dis most disabled people get recommending cars and wheelchairs to them. That but there was an advert for FSDP, and I couldn't believe it actually. Um, it, it said all about what they do, so I applied. Next thing, I find myself at RAF Cranwell, thinking I haven't got a chance of getting this scholarship. Um, I didn't think I was disabled enough, actually, because in those days I could walk. My condition is slowly progressive. I'm sat in a wheelchair now talking to you. But um, went through the Cranwell process, had interviews, had medicals, aptitude tests and things like that. A um, couple of days later after that, I got a phone call saying, uh, we'd love to give you a scholarship. Uh, and same as Alex, actually, it was 45 hours in, in South Africa. Uh, had the time of my life. I, I, I was lucky, I think, because I had a an amazing instructor over there um, and I said to him on day day one I said if it's possible I'd love to get a pilot's license and he obviously took that very seriously and he he, he gave me a kick where it was needed when it was needed and um, six weeks later I got my South African pilot's license uh, but it was you know absolutely fantastic experience I was there with five no, four other disabled people um, one guy who'd had a motorbike accident with a you know, spinal injury, 
uh, someone with MS, I think that uh, what hasn't probably been said enough of tonight is it's not just for flying. It's 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 what you learn from these guys as well. Um, and if I take Alex as an example, I mean, I'm, I'm sat in a wheelchair now and I'm sat in the right wheelchair. And it's because of what I've learned through people, through these experiences. So it's a, it's a much, it's, a, it's, you know, I could talk all day about the flying, but it's a much, much bigger package than that to me. Um, I've learned so much, not just about wheelchairs, about what tablets to take, about, you know, what orthotics to use. And it's through the FSDP and the air ability. I, I, I've been involved with both charities for a long time. In fact, I've been a trustee of both charities. So I've been lucky to mix with so many disabled people. But just learn so much from them and we've all got that love of flying as well yeah yeah it's a common bond isn't it and and i i do sense that whenever whenever um you know uh, uh, there's a gathering of some description at blackbush it, it is a community it's a family um and i sense that as well um you know particularly on the on the sunday of react you know and i've been privileged enough to to attend the award ceremony and it's so wonderful to see past scholars come together it's like a big reunion and, and the atmosphere is just tremendous um and, and i do think that um you know the uh, the opportunities that fsdp and airability provide together um to you know the community is is tremendous and and i think it's upon us you know to really get the word out there um ben what's this is this your award uh, that's being um, presented with my scholarship. But, you know, I, I was awarded a scholarship at Cranwell. That was just before I went to South Africa. And that's uh, Queen Noor presenting me with my scholarship during the presentation ceremony. Oh, that's wonderful. And and, and both Ben and Alex, um, tell us about, um, you know, your your feelings when when you had sort of come to the end of the journey in terms of your, your flying element. Um, and what was going through your mind? I mean, obviously you'd had the bug. Um, what, what did you do next? And, and obviously you knew each other at this point. So tell us about your journey uh, once you'd, uh, you know, you, you'd fulfilled your 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 uh, objective with the scholarship. So um, I, I only saw Ben for the week. So Ben Ben came out on our on our scholarship, but I think he was just he was just making sure it was like a mentor for the first week to make sure we were bedded in and, and that the school were going to treat us right. But I, I did me six weeks, 45 hours. I just wanted to stay there. I, and naively as well, I, I honestly thought I'd get a PPL out there. I'd pass all the exams and I'll come home a fully pledged pilot. No, 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 that, that doesn't happen. You, you do your hours and then you, you come home and you try and carry on. But I got home and it was, it was 2008 and it was the credit crash and it, the world was in a horrible place. But like them saying that the, the the relationships you build up with your fellow um, scholars and stuff like that, it, it's just it, it's lifelong lasting, and it's um, you know we've got social media and stuff like that, and we you know we, we obviously all keep in touch. But one one nice thing for me this week was um, I uh, there's a guy that I know, Mark, and I play tennis with him, and uh, I feel that if, if you've had the scholarship, it's it's um, it's your responsibility to try and speak the word of the, of the scholarship and try and find the next generation. And I, I told Mark, you know, I felt he really needed it, and he, he did. He went for it and he got it. And he's he's the new scholar. Of, he's the new he's the new scholar, which only gets fifteen hours. And 
I feel sorry for these guys because they, they get the bug, they do the 15 hours, and then maybe they get solo, maybe they don't, and then it's not unless you've got the fun, you know, funds to carry on or the means to, to do it. It's just hard. But me and Mark went flying this week after the Green Hill, and uh, I, I think it, it was just great. You know, well, obviously I I uh, I got Mark into the scholarship, uh, and then it, it was just. You know, we just had a great day. Um, taking the hill down to Tear Western. And we turned up Tear Western and there was a black bush plane already there, an aerability black bush plane. And I just thought, wow, our community is getting bigger and stronger. I mean, we were both gutted because we thought we were on for free landing fees and we both had to pay. We were free. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it was good. It was just a great day. You know, we we met the black bush guys and then, then we flew home and um you know, Mark was happy. I'm happy, and I'm sure Ben will say the same. I think we should try and promote the two charities as best we can. Yeah, no, and, and as a as a mentor for FSDP, give us a a, a flavour of, of of the um the types of um not 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 so much the um uh, the anxieties of of selection and you know and and that initial sort of uh, stage, but. But the types of people that take that step and go, I am going to apply for this scholarship. Well, you know, give us a sense of the types of people that that you, that you come across uh, as a charity and and the diversity of of um, you know uh, uh, problems, issues that that you see. Shall I go? The, I, I bumped in, yeah, I bumped into a, a typical example, John. I I, I was out on my chair. To just having my daily exercise the other day and if I see a disabled person I can't bite my tongue and there was this gentleman pushing his wife in a wheelchair going around the same lake I was going around it she had um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome which is something I'd never have heard of if it wasn't for FSDP and air ability and now I'm a semi-expert on the condition uh, she was very surprised I'd heard of it but um, we started talking about flying um, and I told her about FSDP, and um, she was she couldn't believe it. She, cut a long story short, she's going to apply. But, but this is the kind of person um, Guy mentioned earlier on that uh, you know a certain percentage of our applicants get the bug. Um, but the people who don't get the bug are just as important. And I see this lady as as a housewife um, who probably had never considered flying. When I told her about FSDP, she it, things just clicked with her and you could see her eyes her husband's eyes light up as well and she's downloading an applica application form immediately but um she's typical of quite a few people we see like that who who've never and i think this is the difference uh, or i might start a debate here but i think this is the difference between the big difference between fsdp and air ability is that you tend to attract people who are in, interested in aviation. And that's not always the case with FSDP. Um, and it doesn't matter if this lady I'm talking about doesn't get the flying bug. If, if her self-confidence multiplies and, and, you know, and she blossoms as a result, and we've seen that, I could, and I could name people, um, and you know, I could name several people. I know Tim and, and Guy would echo my thoughts yeah but um you know they i say housewives it's unfair to put them in that category but um you know 
you, you saw a video of Claire earlier on climbing into the airplane. You know, I speak to Claire a lot and she's got MS. The change it's had on her life, the self-confidence it's given her. And it doesn't really matter that she's not doing what Alex and me are doing and, you know, regularly climbing in airplanes. She's a, she's a changed person for it. So, yeah. I, think yeah. worth, I, I was going to say, I think it's worth mentioning as well that we start to see this change happening at Cranwell during the three days of selection. And you, I can talk to you about it, but unless you see that in action, and there are some people that literally have been at home and haven't shared the anguish that's been going on in their own personal demons in their head with anybody apart from their immediate family. And they turn up at Cranwell, they meet us and, and a group of strangers that they've never met before in their lives. And within hours, they are sharing everything. Mm. And it's a shock the first time we see that. And that process, that change that starts to happen and the confidence and the kind of going outside of, like you said, the comfort zone, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as they go through the process. And what blew me away, I think the first time I saw Cranwell is at the end of the three days when we all say our goodbyes and it is an emotionally heavy three days for trustees and flying instructors and medics and the applicants, all of us, we're all in it together. And at the end of those three days, people say, turn around and go, this in itself has done more for me than anything I've experienced in years and then they go on to the scholarship and even for those who are unfortunately we, we love to give everybody a scholarship and as Tim mentioned you know and as we've alluded to flying is not a cheap game and we're constantly looking for funding and to do as many as we can but at the same time we don't want to diminish the product we could what what we do in those three days at Cranwell if we did it with more people they wouldn't get the attention and the time that, that we could give. Um, but um, yeah, we'd love to give everybody a scholarship, but of those three days we can't. And some people do, as Alex has alluded to, not just don't get the 15 hours, they don't get a scholarship. But I, I was shocked when they walk away going, do you know what? I, I didn't need one because the three days at Cranwell mm. and the experience and talking to people with a variety of different disabilities has had such an impact on me that I'm happy for whoever gets it. It's yeah. an amazing thing to, to, to witness. Tim, you've left a bit of a legacy here, haven't you? <laughs> what is the Air two teams doing? Um, yeah, the, the, the nice thing about this is, you know, we're all talking about the benefits those um, people with disabilities get. But actually, I'm sure you find this with their ability. Everybody involved, guys mentioned the medics, the, the, the instructor pilots of the various clubs, they all derive huge benefits um, from this uh, in all sorts of ways. The humor is second to none, you know, a bit rude at times, but I like that. Um, uh, it, it, it's all encompassing and, and it's so good. And I, I know you do a lot of work, Mike, with the Civil Aviation Authority, uh, as we have to, that there is this willingness. I mean, in the early days, the CAA with us were a little bit, oh, blimey, you've got to be joking. And, uh, you know, you get the book and you go through the book of what you can't do. And then you say, well, what can we do then? We could do a bit of this. We could do it this way. Um, and lots of people have warmed to what we're both doing. And I find that really gratifying. And it's spreading all sorts of good words about all of us being all good people that work together to achieve results, which, of course, is what 
Douglas Bader was all about. Uh, just to, worth mentioning for those that, that don't know, um, King Hussein became the president of the heir to two, or patron as we called him, after Douglas Bader died. And then he became patron of the uh, flying scholarships. Uh, when he died, his wife took over. And then a bit later on, Prince Faisal uh, took over, the king's son. Um, and uh, so they've been heavily involved with us uh, as part of the family. And I think a number of our students were invited over to Jordan. I think some actually flew with him. I know one young lady who got a scholarship. He had uh, common, she had common ground with uh, King Hussein. And they were both radio amateurs. And um, she was surprised one day when a parcel arrived full of brand new super duper Japanese ham radio equipment as a gift from the king. Um, there's, there's all sorts of side benefits that have come from this and everybody who's, who gets involved, as you all know, um, derives benefit from it. Yeah. And, you know, aviation is the vehicle, isn't it? We're, we're using aviation as, as the, uh, I mean, we're biased. Uh, we, we've uh, benefited greatly from the magic of aviation. And, and I just want to turn the conversation to the air tattoo a little bit, um, talking of ma the magic of aviation and the majesty of aviation. Tell us a bit about um, uh, the link between the air tattoo and, and the charity, um, because they are linked, aren't they? But just give us, give us a bit more perspective on, on how they sort of mutually benefit each other. Well, as I said before, the, the air tattoo team um, who really valued Douglas Bader, wanted to do something. So it was us as a group of volunteers who decided to set up Flying Scholarships for the Disabled. And in the good old days when um, Guy's um, father, Paul, was alive, uh, there weren't quite so many rules that we followed. It was a bit of, um, let's give it a whirl and see if it's okay. And as, I'm, as I've mentioned, um, a lot of the administrative support and some of the funding for flying scholarships for the disabled, as it was called then, came off the back of the air to two. I'm sure the Charity Commission, um, if they're watching now, will be thinking, I mean, we should have spotted that. <laughs> um, and it took us a time to realise that we actually had to formalise things. But the air to two team um, still runs the air to two when it can, C19 allowing. Um, and they've made available offices within Douglas Bader House from which the Flying Scholarships um, administration is run. Um, and come air to two time, when there is one, they make arrangements for us to have a big plot of land to build structure um, to actually run the uh, promotion in the, in the early days and then the actual award ceremony. And of course, the the patron and the other important people, sponsors and that, tend to be hosted within the patron's pavilion. So uh, they then come on down to the, the big structure where the, where the um, Flying Scholarships Awards are given. So it's a hand-in-glove operation. Of course, mm. the Royal Air Force Charitable Trust, for whom the um, uh, Air to Two is now run, because in fact the Royal Air Force Benevolent Fund, I've mentioned we moved from the Royal Air Force Association, uh, back in uh, just after guy's father died that they decided that it was no longer uh, for them they didn't want to run the to anymore or be part of it so we formed a new charity royal Africa charitable trust which promotes aviation the magic to youngsters um 
And I've just lost my train of thought now of what I was going to say next, but it was going to be brilliant, whatever it was. It's a hand-in-glove operation, you know, the Air to Do team and the Flying Scholarships for the Disabled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to oh. say that the, the actual, the, the charity that after Dad left, uh, left obviously Tim had a, a real mess to clean up and the, Air, the Royal Air Force Charitable Trust was born and it's that charity that sponsors two scholarships each year. So, I mean, they are completely intertwined. There you go, Tim. That's what I was going to say, guy. And I think the same goes for the Air Force. Um, you know, all three, the RAF, the Air Two, and FSDP, they, they've all benefited each other in different ways. Even us going to Cranwell, and you see the young officers going through their flying training, and you talk about uh, kind of showing disability to the world and showing what's possible it, it opens their eyes because they're going through their selection at the cranwell and just in the other room our scholars are going through their selection doing yeah. you know very similar things and it's brilliant it, it, it's amazing to see and yeah. and a similar situation i was just thinking while you guys were talking about that earlier on we had a, a fly-in at kemble a couple of years ago and uh kemble's got a great setup uh with a, as you probably many of you have flown in there with a uh, AV8 uh, sat and and everyone sitting out on their deck chairs enjoying the sunshine, and two of our flying schools flew in with their scholars, and uh, uh, one from uh, Staverton and the other one from Terwestern, and the aircraft landed and everyone sat up there having their coffee and cream teas and and admiring the planes taking off, and out gets this young chap Anthony who used to be a Paralympic swimmer, uh, didn't have any legs had only the use of one arm and he was on stilts with his legs, got out of the aircraft and on his own and walked straight over through to Putin and you could have heard a pin drop. And that, that was to me was magic because straight there, the myth of, of what flying is and who can do it was broken. And it was broken to about 150 people all at the same time having a cup of tea. And then at the end of it, he got up, Straight out to the aircraft, sorted himself out, started up, and flew back to to Staverton. and that's mission accomplished. I mean, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I think that's something we should all be collectively very proud of. The fact that now many airfields around the UK, uh, the, the the airplane door opening, and a pair of crutches coming out or a wheelchair being put Absolutely. together, and somebody shuffles on, onto the chair, but wheels away from the airplane, having just landed as part of command. That's Absolutely. no longer an unusual sight on British airfields. But I think yeah. we're probably one of the most you know, lucky countries in the world in the fact that we're together. We, we've achieved that. And I think that's something that, yeah, it's, it's uh, something that sends a message of uh, ability to everybody that's watching, as you rightly say. Yeah, and it's where, it's where the kind of synergy between our two charities really blend. Uh, you know, I totally get Alex's point with his friend that you know that it's a 15-hour scholarship uh, I being a pilot myself I would love for all of our scholars to get a license to walk away and on off they go um, and it is just financial strains there's not a lack of willingness on our part um, but where we blend really well I think is air ability offer that uh, ability for our scholars to continue post post the scholarship albeit at a cost and and in my in my time and and I'm I'm going to throw it out there and it's going to cause you know maybe a few things to think but I would love to achieve in the future within our charity a bursary scheme 
that can help some of our scholars who've done their 15 hours to move forward. Uh, obviously, we can't afford to pay for the whole, the whole scholarship, but if we can contribute to those people who do want to continue flying, who do get the bug like Alex and Ben, um, hopefully we can do that. And in my time as chairman, that is definitely one of my priorities. And likewise, Airability would like to do the same. I think, you know, if there is somebody that's bitten by the bug, you know, we are a bit like drug dealers really sometimes, aren't we? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. And, and becomes a drug. And if we can help people uh, carry on that uh, that dream uh, yeah. together, yeah, that's something that uh, would be a great goal to achieve in the next phase of what we do. Exactly. And, and I think, I mean, the other focus that we, we've slightly shifted within FSDP now is our community in that the charity unbelievably is approaching 40 years of age. And, you know, that in itself, there's a long archive of, of scholars going all the way back, which we're desperately trying to chase. Um, and we've created uh, the big wing, which if we've got time, we can talk about later. But the idea now is to try and bring that community, as you do so well at AirAbility, but to bring our FSDP community together and, and kind of not just the build-up to a scholarship and the scholarship itself, but what comes after a scholarship. Um, you know, we pick people up, we give them a taste, but not necessarily, we're not very good at what comes after they've had their scholarship or after their selection process. So hopefully with a big wing and possibly a bursary scheme in the future, we can we can take a more involved interest in the further development after, after they've had their flying scholarship. Can I just pick up on a point um, that, that you, you said so eloquently, and that is that, that challenging of perceptions and the breaking down of barriers. I, 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 um, I've seen it, I've witnessed it all the time at Blackbush, you know, the AirAbility hangar is right next to the cafe. Um, there'll be, um, you know, yourself, Ben, Alex, you know, wheel up to the airplane and in you get and off you go. Um, um, it's our responsibility, is it not? There's, there's, there's two charities that really understand the power and the, and, and the, and the, um, the, the benefits of what aviation can bring to, to just try and project it out there as widely as possible. And I, I, mean, I hear what you're saying about protecting the brand, Guy, completely agree. How, uh, or, or should I say, what, what, what are your plans or what's the vision to, to just you know, allow FSDP to flourish and, and to deliver more to more experiences like this to more people. Um, do, can you share any, any, any thoughts? There? You know what? I mean, even in my time, uh, and it, like I said, I, I only took on the role of chairman back in December and I'm incredibly honored to do it. But for me, I have grown up alongside FSDP. And in that time, I think Tim, Tim, We'll, we'll add more to this. It has just naturally evolved. I don't think, you know, the world of aviation, as we all know, there's, you get together as a group and things happen. And it's the same with the attitude. The attitude became what it did because of all those volunteers. Yes, there was dad and there was Tim, but there was a group of people and ideas get thrown in the mix. And one of those ideas creates a spark and off you go. And I think the same has ha happened with FSDP. Um, so moving forward, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I've floated some ideas with you tonight. I definitely want to uh, evolve, get us out to a younger demographic as well. I feel that we don't get enough young applications for scholarships. I, I feel, and that's not to say that um, you can't impact someone's life at later age or early age, but we tend to get a demographic, a demographic of applicants who are, are in their mid-40s onwards. 
and I'd love to get more younger people applying. So that's another area. And I know that their ability to a junior scholarship. So yeah. anybody watching uh, that's uh, younger, especially look into us, look up the charity. And then the other big thing is the big wing. So it, it was an idea that came to me a few years back. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, it's just another Facebook. And that's, that's I, I don't want it to be another Facebook. The idea is it brings in, it's almost like an online club, which is very inclusive. With Facebook, that has its natural flaws, I believe, in that the whole world can see. You're open to everybody. Whereas the big wing for us we created was a home for us, our community, an online home for all of our scholars going back over the last 37 years. And hopefully moving forward each year as 20 new, 20 new people come in, that will continue to grow. And as, with, as we've said on all things this evening, when you get the community together, things start to happen. And I, I believe, I hope, my hope for the big wing is the brand will flourish and, and grow more with that uh, as it's kind of petrol behind it as such. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go for it. And so, and so one of my goals is um, I'm going to set up a Liverpool Flight Simulator Club. So Liverpool University have five, um, you know, gyroscopic um, uh, flight simulators. And I, I approached them and, uh, you know, I was meant to start this club March 2019. It, it all went downhill, didn't it? Or 2020 or whatever. Uh, and so it, it didn't start off. But uh, that's one of my goals. I've been trying to create some type of aviation in the Northwest for quite some time. And obviously, without planes and getting up there and paying for it, it it's going to be a nightmare. But this is going to be a free flying club. So it's going to be Wednesday nights. And um, guys who are. Um, Airability, FSDP, ex-military, you know, uh, they're going to come along and, and be able to get together and, and fly these simulators. And it'll cost a slice of the pizza uh, to keep the students happy who are going to look after us. But it's all it's all set up, ready to go, and just waiting for, uh, obviously, the world to be back in order. But that is going to be one way that we can all connect and come together. Yeah, that's that's great, and and it's and it's about the community, as we said earlier. And I just want to bring Mike in because um, something, guy, that you said really chimed with me, and that is, um, it's it, yes, it's about the individual, but it's also about the family unit around the individual who benefit and and who um, you know sort of can breathe new life in, into the family unit. Um, Mike, can you just give us some thoughts on that? Because you're, you're seeing that every day. Yeah, I don't know. Ben and I, when we first back, met back in 2005, 2006, had very similar moments where we realised we were sort of doing something that was having a much bigger effect than we first realised. You're right, it's not just about the individual. Sometimes when there is a an accident which creates disability or an illness or a disability at birth or an impairment, you know, that isn't just about the individual, it's about those around them. You know, their loved ones, their partners, their children, their you know, their parents, it, it affects all of you. So if if you if that disabled person is struggling, that whole family group around them is struggling as well. So we often found that when somebody went flying, somebody even just had one go at the airfield, that the smiles were dare I say it like a virus. 
spreading to uh, the whole family group and everybody benefits. And I think um, we see that all the time. And I'm sure you do too with scholars that it's, it's the whole, the, the whole group, the whole demographic really benefits. And I think whether it's a single trial flight done on a flying day, a scholarship or ongoing flying, you know, that, that, that smile prevails for a long time, sometimes even throughout a lifetime. So, I think yeah, but by by all the tools we've got and t- between us, we've got a great toolbox. I think that impact is is really profound. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I think for us as a charity, we really see the family impact at the attitude because from the moment uh, our our candidates apply, we deliberately. I mean, this year is going to be a bit of a a, a kind of uh, mishmash because obviously of COVID. But in a normal year with Cranwell, they turn up on their own. They're dropped off and they're on their own. And for some, that's the first time they've left that family unit. And there's a lot of anxiety not only within the candidate but also within their family of having to let their loved one go into our hands for three days. And then we team them up with another successful scholar as two wingmen to or wing women to go through. Uh, their flying scholarship and it's not until literally the end of the scholarship do they come back into that family unit and you see we meet them all as a group at the attitude and it's amazing it's amazing to see the impact and also humbling to get all the thanks because uh, it's not us as trustees it's the flying instructors if I'm honest who are the real heroes the medics and the flight the medics for getting their licenses out and battling with the powers that be to get the to get the stamp on the paperwork and then the real heroes are our instructors because they devote they give up a huge amount of their time it's not uh, within within our scholarship it's not a standard flying lesson they literally put their arms around them for two two to three weeks and take them through the whole they become their best friend uh, along with the, the other person going through it and we as trustees just sit back and 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 clap really uh, and try and deflect our shoulders towards them to say thank you at the end of it. They, they deserve the real plaudits here. Mm, yeah, very well said. Well, we're getting to the top of the hour. So um, in in the traditional world of Zoom, um, I'm just going to go around the room, really. And uh, I'm sure that there's, you know, uh, you guys have got a, a, a few burning thoughts and, and parting comments to get off your chest before we go to some questions that have come in. So um, looking at my screen, just going clockwise, I'm going to start with Tim. Tim, any any final thoughts from this evening? Just that it's great that it's still happening and it's growing. And Guy was right. Um, it was not an afterthought during the early days, but we were trying to run an air show as well and we didn't have much resource. This re-energizing of flying scholarship for disabled people and getting together with the likes of their ability to actually increase the um, strength of what we're doing uh, for me is is making me smile yeah lovely guy no i mean i mean it's been great to 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 get to to know you guys better um i'm looking forward to the future genuinely looking forward to the future and working as you know in any way we can with their ability moving forward so no thank you for inviting us along Ben thoughts I just want to pick up on something that Mike just said actually and it's for the effect that both 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 of our charities have on families as well um Mike can probably remember what I'm going to say but I volunteered for 
um, air ability at um, old Sarum Airfield once. And we took this guy, I was helping on the ground actually, but we took this guy who had a very high breakage in his back. He had a limited movement of his arms and no movement of his legs. Um, took him flying for an hour. And because I'd got to know him on the ground, we arranged for him to have an aerobatic experience. Uh, Mike's smiling now, he remembers this. While he was flying, I was chatting to his family who were petrified about him having this aerobatic experience because he'd had this horrendous road traffic accident that caused his disability. But they did tell me that they hadn't seen him smile since the accident. Mm. Um, I won't waffle on about it. When, the, when, the, when they taxied back in and the cockpit opened, he was beaming from ear to ear and the tears on that airfield. And I always remember that. And I think you can change your life. Sometimes I hear people say you can't change your life in an hour um in aviation you can whether, whether it's 45 hours 15 hours you can do it in one hour as well it was very very special but i remember that like yesterday just to jump in yeah i've got a picture of that moment so i bet i'll try and take it out super quickly while we're wrapping up here and see if i can find it yeah i, I often remember that and it you know it's it's what we're both all about i think it, it, the, I, I particularly remember the effect it had on his family um unbelievable yeah. But but him as well. Yeah, that's that, that's lovely. Really nice to hear, Ben. Yep, that, that's. Have we lost you, John? John, frozen. Well, you better go next, then, Alex. Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, so I've got two thoughts. So I think it's amazing that we're still speaking about uh, Douglas Bader, and he was he was the original superhuman. And I think it's great that both charities can look up to him as a shining light. Uh, and my second thought is uh, it's a call out to any previous scholars, any mentors. You know, we are the guys to pass the word on, you know, to, to find the next generation. Like Guy was saying, you know, maybe we need to try and find kids who who can't go up to the front of the plane, you know, as we all did. Um, so we need to be the, my call I was for the next generation to find next scholars and, you know, try and try and get them involved. Well, thanks. Great. Great words, Alex. And sorry, I, uh, I, I dipped off there. Um, so um, I've got some questions, um, uh, but I'm going to leave uh, the last word to Mike. Um, um, you may have said it when I, when I disappeared off off the net, um, but uh, any final thoughts from you, Mike? Uh, well, what I would say is that um, you know, tell us what you'd like. Really, anybody listening, anybody that uh, is is thinking of applying for a scholarship or is a scholar or an airability flyer, or was thinking about getting involved with either organisation. You know, we're we're both here to make your lives better, to for for you to fulfil your ambitions, to fly or be involved in aviation. So, um, yeah, get in touch. You know, we will continue to try and make air aviation accessible uh, by developing hand controls, adaptions, aircraft around the country. We'll try and make it as low cost as we can. I think when Ben and I first got involved with the charities back in 2005, the Bulldog was £50 an hour for a fully aerobatic 200-horsepower airplane. I'm sorry, we can't do that anymore. The trouble is when you get more successful and more and more people fly, if you're making a loss every time you fly as an organisation, that's not really scalable. Eventually you run out of money. So you have to find the balance between subsidising the flying as much as we can and making it as, as 
uh, easy as possible for everybody to fly, both physically with adaptions, hoists, and other equipment and geographic availability, but also keeping it financially accessible as well, so keeping those costs down. So we'll continue to work to do that. If we can help you do that, let us know. We're uh, we're undergoing a, a really exciting project at the moment where we've acquired some uh, ex-military training aircraft again, which we will be getting flying during this year or the next year, um, and hopefully making them available in more places around the UK and also at much lower cost. So watch this space on that as well. So it's uh, all very exciting as we uh, start to unlock and get back to normality. Wonderful. Well, thank you all. Um, so I've got some questions um, come in. Um, the first one is for uh, our FSDP uh, colleagues here. Um, how many scholarships do you think you've awarded in the life of FSDP? Wow. Go on, Tim. It's about, I think, 440. Wow. So quite a few. Yeah. yeah. Who was the first, Tim? Do you remember? Look, I'm 72 years old. The brain started to fail. I, um, <laughs> I've got a picture, but I can't remember. And yeah. to, be honest, John, to be honest, John, this is why we created, uh, and people can log on to our website, and if you're a friend of the charity or if you're an ex-scholar, log on to F uh, FSDP in the big wing. And we're, at, we're, we're trying to find these people because social media wasn't around back then. I'll give Tim his credit. It wasn't easy. Uh, were computers around back then, Tim? Or do you have computers back no, then? No, nor mobile phones. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, um, but yeah, no, we, we're trying to reach out to to our community now. And and the, if there anyone's out there listening or knows anybody, then please tell them to look up the big wing. Great. Uh, to, sorry, John, to answer that question, I think it was 1982. Right. Okay. Oh, the first year. Yes. Oh, the first year was 83. Sorry. 83. I, I thought you meant the first person. So it was 83. Right. Um, okay. And this is a very simple question. Um, what is the selection criteria to ask or to request, sorry, a, a, a scholarship? So is there a criteria is the, is the question? Well, I mean, underlying all of it, obviously, it is it is aimed at disabled people for starters so but that is a very broad broad reach and so with that anybody that comes under that criteria of being disabled can apply for a scholarship um we are deliberately trying to open it up to a, a much wider demographic so age not isn't restricted um other than over 18 uh because obviously you have to leave home for uh, three weeks but uh, yeah, no, it's all the details are on FSDP on the website. Go and have a look there and you'll find them there and go from that. Okay. Um, two more questions. Um, where do these scholarships take place? So I, I assume that's probably to do with flying schools and, and the like. I'll, I'll let Ben answer that one. Okay. I'll do my best that currently um, they're, they're all in the UK. They use Tatum Hill. Not, sorry, not taking it. I mean, I've been listening to Western. the Tur Western, yes. Um, Old Serum, Gloucester Airport, and Kemble. That's it. Uh, Compton Abbas? Compton, Compton Abbas as well, yeah, for microlights. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and the last question here um, is uh, directed at Guy. Um, uh -oh. 
what would Paul Bowen think now of the journey FSCP has taken? First thing he'd, he'd be saying is, what is that stupid boy doing on, on, on the internet talking about this charity? He needs to get back out there and start putting stakes in the ground for the air show for next year. Um, uh, do you know what? Uh, Dad died in 2004, which is an unbelievable, you know, the fact that it's 17 years ago is crazy. Uh, I think he would be, his expectations would be blown away, not only where the Edge 2 is, given everything that, that that's had to deal with, but also where FSDP is. Um, so I, I, he would just be unbelievably proud of of where we are right now, I think. Yeah. All right, so he'd, have a, he'd have one big smile. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely and to hear. Clip, and a clip around the ear for me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we we've, we've reached the end. Um, it's flown by, um, pardon the pun, and it, it's just so lovely to hear such positive stories. Um, you know, I think both charities have got a wonderful future together. Um, remember that you can play this back. Please, please share this on social media because this is that is one of the the ways in which you. Uh, your your family or friends can experience the magic of aviation and and who knows maybe you'll be able to change your life or someone else's life as a result of these of these organizations so so guy bowen uh, tim prince ben bennett alex kroll mike Smith, thank you all for making this evening so entertaining and informative and uh, i wish you all a very good evening thank you very much thanks john yeah thanks john there you go, Ben, I found it. Okay, still, oh, well, there we go. There's the photograph, actually. There's the photograph. Isn't that wonderful? That's yeah. just brilliant. And I, I remember, Mike, um, I remember, Mike, you showing that on a number of occasions. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice to see. Well, right. What I didn't, well, I didn't it, it, are we still live? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, Keep, okay. So I was, just, I was just looking for me in the photograph. <laughs> they obviously booted me out, but um, yeah, I can just remember. Look at the smile on the guy's face. Yeah, yeah. His, his family were petrified. Yeah, the smiles say all, don't they? Yeah, and they did say that he hadn't smiled. They, they hadn't seen him smile since the day of his accident. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what a what a way to end, um, Ben. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you too. Um, well, that's it. That's uh, that's it for this evening's uh, Inspirability Talk. Um, we will be uh, bringing uh, a talk back to you very soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, remember as well, on the 29th of May, we have the Armchair Air Show 2. And is really stepping up a gear now, and uh, it really is going to be a wonderful afternoon of uh, unusual one-off aviation uh, opportunities for you to uh, enjoy in your or uh, in your living room or on your device um, uh, before we can uh, return to physical air shows. So uh, we'll keep you informed on that on the Airity social media channels. Now I wish you a wonderful evening and thank you very much. <laughs>